Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. We are live. Let us know your branch of service, time that you serve, so we can say hello, recognize you, appreciate you for joining us. Um, and we'll kick off for part two of our MST Survivor uh, series. Today we are moving forward towards the survivor to rated aspect, so speaking directly to the claims and to the journey to go uh, through all the steps required, regardless of whether or not um, your condition, your claim may have evidence that's needed or missing, what have you. So we'll kind of discuss some of that today. So it should be uh, interesting for sure. Aside of that, though, uh, again, comment down. Let us know you can hear us. Make sure to tag someone that could take uh, benefit from seeing this. Again, some of the fundamental truths we speak about apply to more than just an MST claim, uh, PTSD claims alike, uh, and share as well. So. Well, we kind of kick off, uh, I'll let Amy introduce herself and then we'll have uh, Nayeli introduce herself as well and we'll go from there. Hello, Amy. Long time no see. Hi, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Thanks, DP. Hi, everybody. My name is Amy. I uh, work with DP and um, I've been working with VACI since August and I'm looking forward to giving you guys some education and knowledge on filing your claim. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. And we have Nelly, who is our training and support manager for Team Champion as well, who is also a former VSO. So let her say hello and introduce herself as well. Hi, everyone. My name is Nayeli. I'm a Navy veteran. I am a former VSO, and I'm currently working with Team Champions as their training and support manager. Alrighty. So... With that being said and done, first question, just for those that may not know or be aware, what exactly is a VSO? Just because of the fact that most people think they know, but just to kind of give the quick 10 second spiel on, on kind of what that is, uh, disclaimer, we're actually going to do another series uh, where we'll have uh, another VSO who's active and we're going to come in and speak about how to request records and do certain things. So that's going to be uh, one of the things coming down the road. Uh, but I'd be remiss to say if you didn't tune in for yesterday's uh, part one, uh, please go back and watch it. If you scroll uh, down or see yesterday's post, you will see we went on the topic of being a victim to a survivor. We had therapist Jen, who is a trauma specialist, uh, and works in therapies of, of a variety of different ways, working with both veterans and non-veterans. So we talked about the journey for uh, someone who has been a victim of military sexual trauma, both a man or a woman, and the journey to get help, the journey to begin to become a survivor. Uh, Amy shared some of her story 
uh, some truths and some tactical things that hopefully will help you. So if you know someone that might benefit from that, please uh, go back and take a look at it. But we talked about that journey. With that journey being said now, building from there now, for example, let's say Amy has been in therapy, she begun to process of understanding what uh, is her truth to move forward. Now we begin the conversation of how to claim that, right? And we'll kind of look at different scenarios. So this is a primer for where we left off yesterday and where we're at today. Uh, Tanielli, as far as the VSO is concerned, what exactly is that just for the context? So a veteran service officer, there's a couple of ways you can go about finding a service officer to help you with your claims process. There's state uh, VSOs, there's county VSOs, and then organizations like American Legion, VFW, Wounded Warrior Project, they also offer VSO services for veterans to be able to help a veteran to file, put together a claim as a VSO because you are accredited, you are allowed to prepare and submit claims on the veteran's behalf as long as you have power of attorney. And it could be any claim from compensation, pension, point you in the right direction for education benefits, vocational rehabilitation. So it's beyond claims as a VSO to be able to help veterans with any benefits available to them through uh, VA. And I think it's just it's just good to be able to highlight that because like anything else, I think there's, you know, you know, there's good and bad, right? There's there's great individuals out there. Uh, that do serve a purpose. And it's a resource that I think veterans would do well to use all the resources that are available to them. Uh, so we're always big on saying explore the options you have, the resources that you have, uh, find a good VSO that can assist you in certain things. Uh, because when you marry that up with services that, for example, we have here that you may find benefit from, uh, it makes a winning solution. So I just think it's good to be able to share that information and also provide context uh, for Nayeli, who was both a VSO worked as well as a veteran coach here at VA Claims Insider and now has moved on to a training uh, and support uh, capacity. So she's a training support manager for my team and helps with training new coaches coming on board, uh, sustainment training and classes and things that we do. That said, um, quick shout out to all of the veterans that are commenting. So uh, Bobby, US Air Force, 6973, Wooster, Ohio, thank you for your service. We appreciate you. Uh, Danielle, Navy, four years. Uh, thank you for joining and being with us today. Uh, she was with us, too. Say that one more time. She was with us yesterday, too. Yep, yep. Uh, Gabriel, Army Airborne. Airborne. Awesome. Thank you for your service, brother. Uh, Mark, U.S. Air Force, 79 to 82. Uh, Mike says, loud and clear. Good to go. Aaron, uh, ready for part two. Thank you for being yesterday with us. Uh, Army, 83 to 86. Thanks again for being here. Um, Jimmy, uh, Army as well. Uh, Scott will get uh, former Navy, Limpenbrook Pines. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Navy for, I'm going to mess up your name, so I don't want to butcher it, but Yehudi uh, is Navy. Thank you for your service. Sarah, thank you for your service. Air Force, 86 and 91. James, U.S. Coast Guard, 2000, 2004. Greg, 88 at 90, U.S. Army. Awesome. Hey, Lisa. We got Robert. <laughs> Air Force vet here as well. Awesome. Um, a lot of thumbs up and loud and clear. Um, oh, actually, hey, fun fact. There you go, Danielle. I'm a VSO out of New Mexico. Oh, so, nice. Uh, there, so, again, that's the whole thing, right? This is about a, creating a community of learning and sharing information. We actually had a VSO on our Saturday class that we had as well. So this is about empowering, sharing information, and helping the veterans at all our capacity. So... Better together, stronger together is the way I look at it. 
Um, Scott will get to that, but uh, for this conversation, we'll explain how that goes and applies. But it, it, ta- it tailors into PTSD by virtue of what we're claiming specifically from a mental health perspective. Uh, but we'll deep dive into that uh, tour, uh, here as well today. Um, thanks for that question. David, I think I got you, but just in case, 8895 Gulf War Army. Um, awesome. Thank you for your service. Uh, Pam, we have some infographics as well that will be linked. Uh, we'll share that here uh, shortly. There's a link as well that Lisa has shared. For those that weren't here yesterday, this is what that looks like. We have some infographics available uh, for you all with information and resources as well uh, that we hope you'll find value and benefit from and be able to share with others. Uh, the 101 is in the house. Thank you, uh, James, for your service. Uh, Carrie, thank you for your service. Rob, Carrie. thank you for your service. I don't know who let this gentleman in here, but we might have a problem. We got Sean Gavin in the house, 101, 11 Bravo, one of our coaches at Team Champion. Uh, thanks for being with us, brother. Uh, if you guys have not seen, uh, Sean actually did an amazing testimony to the program uh, that's on the VA Claims Insider YouTube page. Uh, of his journey from being a client, coming here, becoming a coach, and so forth. So a great, great uh, testimony if you haven't seen it on our YouTube page. Eva, thank you for your service. Edmund, Fred, and keep them coming. Every so often you'll see me kind of pop them up uh, as we're moving. So definitely uh, we appreciate you all being here. Uh, One comment that I definitely wanted to share was Danielle. She actually put here, here for me and learning. Um, So thank you for being here yesterday. Thank you for coming back today. Uh, again, you know, we hope that this is something that provides value, you know, not only to you, but someone you may know. Again, like I said yesterday, this is one of the topics that may not be the, you know, fancy talked about things. This is not a, you know, a show that you might want to see, let's say, around certain individuals, right? You might want to see this later, or you may not watch it live, right? You watch the replay uh, when you have some privacy and time to absorb the information by virtue of what we're speaking about. And we understand that this is more of a substance conversation than just a quick fix, right? Um, there's a time and place for different topics, uh, but the nature of this, right? We understand that this is one of those things that you might want to share with somebody uh, who might want to, you know, watch this when they're ready, right? So that's the best way I can put that. Um, before we kick off, we'll say here that uh, Sean said that he wasn't invited, but he snuck in. Sneaky guy. He's still low crawls, apparently. And then Lisa said she let him slip by. Lisa is our, uh, you'll see her dropping information. She is our special project um, manager. So, uh, Curious def- today. Uh, no class today at work. Awesome. So to kind of kick off from there, I will at, move it to the point of where we left off. So Amy, in your case, right, your, your, your journey was a little bit different than most. Again, we'll make a clear distinction. We'll have instances where a veteran may have been a victim of MST and there may be records, right, of an incident report and so forth. Uh, contrast, more often than not, there tends to be instances where there are no records. There was no report. There was nothing to prove that. Uh, so there are, you know, more of that than the other. Regardless, we'll kind of talk a little tactic there. Um, but you began to talk a little bit about your process, Amy, on your side. So moving now into the place where, let's say you, you're in therapy, you're looking to, okay, I'm going to claim something, right? I understand now what I'm going to speak. Um, Talk to me a little bit about and share a little bit about your mindset going from a place of, you know, I know I need help. I got to the place of getting therapy. Now I'm going to make a conscious decision to file a claim for this, right? Because it goes from just I'm going to get help on the side, but now I'm making a stand to actually put this on paper and claim that something happened. Um, How was that initial process for you? Um, Did you go at it alone? Did you go with a coach? You know, how did that journey, you know, look for you just to kind of, you know, begin to talk about it? Sure. So um, 
as some of you may have known, I, I should have mentioned that I was Air Force. Um, mine was not active. It wasn't on while I was on active duty. It happened off duty um, from somebody civilian. Um, but I did have records because I did. I was taken to the emergency room. So that helped me with my initial claim. When they did a records review, they found that and they claimed it. It was a lower rating. I started at um, 30% and then I went up to 70%. Um, I knew I was struggling and it took me, I guess I got out in 2011 and in 2015, I decided to explore my options on getting an increase. Um, I was seeing a therapist and I knew that um, I just wasn't where I needed to be. And I uh, went in and I did it on my own. I really didn't have any help. I didn't really know what to do. I actually went into VSO. Um, they did what they did, which I didn't even realize what they did behind the scenes, but Niali could probably speak more to that. I got an appointment and, um, they did, um, I did get an increase, um, in 2015 until 2019, I did not pursue an increase, um, because I hear this all the time from other veterans that I did feel this way too, that my situation wasn't as bad as others. And, um, you know, I got the rating and I should be, you know, content with the rating. Um, and then once I started coaching and I really started realizing everybody has their own story um, and they shouldn't be compared to the next. Um, I obviously, I, I'm still in therapy. I still go once a week. Um, and um, I just decided it took me a long time. It wasn't easy. Um, thank, thankfully, Nayali pushed me um, to do it. Otherwise, I probably would not have done it. I would still be dragging my feet. I had my intent to file in August and I just filed in June. So, um, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, over back on it and say, tell everybody, do it, don't wait, do it, don't wait. I think the biggest thing is you, you, you fear that person judging you. You fear that person believing you, you fear, do you have enough evidence are they going to say it's enough and nobody wants to re-speak that truth um that happened and i think for me um we talked a lot about this yesterday but um i felt like when i talked about it or when i was going to come forward it put me back in that victim role and i struggled a lot with that because i felt like i had come from being a victim to a survivor and now if I have to go talk about my story again and I have to relive it and I have to explain what happened, I, I, I struggled with that feeling of um, being a victim again. And I think, you know, if you have a therapist, my therapist is awesome. I have a great support, a small circle of friends, um, too, that were very encouraging, um, you know, as far as the process of just going forward and um, doing an increase. So I, I think for me, it was just realizing that I can't compare myself to the next person. You know, I have my own story. I have my own issues. Um, my issues aren't visible. Um, most people that know me, um, I would say at this point, a lot of people know my story. Um, but you know, you don't see mine. And, um, I think that's a big thing that um, holds people back is because we compare ourselves to people who um, you can see what they've gone through and you can see what they're going through and you think, wow, I thought I had it bad. 
Um, going to the VA is a struggle for me because I do feel like that a lot of times. Um, but, you know, my story is my story, just like your story is your story. And I would say, you know, focus on yourself and not worrying about um, what other people's story are, you know, is. And um, just continue, continue forward on, on your journey. Um, and I think it's a healing process. Obviously, it can't be fixed. Um, but I think it helps with that journey of becoming a victim to a survivor. Um, I will say that now that it's over, it's easy for me to feel relieved because part of me feels like, okay, I'm good. I don't, I don't have that weighing in the back of my mind. I don't have that thought, well, I have to readdress this again. Um, or I have to go there again, or I have to fight the VA. And I think that's what's so discouraging for some people that aren't in my situation where they didn't have that documentation is, are they going to believe me? How do I prove my story? Um, and then just that feeling that some, some people give you, they belittle you or they're like, well, you don't have any proof or, you know, and, and I think that can be, uh, become discouraging. And I think that, you know, that's where Nayali, I think her expertise when it comes to understanding the different paths that you can take if you don't have that evidence um, and you don't have that documentation, you know, don't give up and tell your story. Um, one last point that I would add is that when you don't have that evidence, um, I've had um, quite a few clients that, you know, when they talk about their story, you can feel their pain. Um, you can really understand that they're hurting. Um, I, I mentioned this yesterday. I have more MST clients right now that are males than I do females. And um, the two that come to mind specifically that I'm dealing with, um, when they tell their story, it's hard for me not to cry. It's hard for me not to like, I wish I could just give them a hug and say, you know, it's going to be okay. But when, when they tell their story, you can, you can, you can see it in them. You can feel their pain. And if I had any advice to give to you guys is when it comes to telling your story to, um, the CMP examiner is don't be afraid to hold back. You know, one guy actually asked, is it okay if I cuss? And I was like, yeah, tell your story. You know, the more vulnerable that you can be, the more open that you can be, the more honest that you can be. And I told him, you know, when you told me your story, I felt it, you know, it, and it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable to tell some of your truths. And um, not to say that you have to go into all the gory details, but just how it has affected your life and, and, tell your story, tell your truth and make sure that they feel that, you know, make them feel uncomfortable, make them see what you're going through and, and how you're feeling and what you've experienced since the situation has happened. Some, some of you guys, you know, you've been suffering from this from, you know, the seventies all the way up until, you know, just as of late. So, um, keep going, don't give up. I know it's a struggle. I know sometimes you feel like you want to throw in the towel because it's such a difficult thing. There's so much that comes along with PTSD and MST. I think there's a lot of guilt and shame and the fear of, um, was it my fault too? Did I have a part to play in that? Are they going to believe me? And um, the bottom line is, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. If, if it was unwelcomed and, um, it, you know, it's not okay and it's okay to seek that compensation and disability ratings that you deserve. So a few things to unpack there to the beginning part. 
one thanks for sharing that because i think it's just you know you may have seen some of the comments people were able to kind of agree and, and relate to some of that and i i want to i guess make a point to highlight the importance of yesterday's conversation and you touched on that briefly right you went from a victim to a survivor but then when you went to go from being a survivor to being rated for this it kind of almost puts you back in that victim mentality so mm -hmm. I have to stress that this is where being in therapy, like you mentioned, uh, is crucial, right? Because the, survivor, the, the, the highlight of yesterday's session was this is a journey. Survivorhood is a process, right? It's a daily thing. It's not just I survive, end of story. No, it is a continual process. So having the tools to understand this next step now is necessary. Right to understand what's happening because all that mental thing is happening of reliving, mm -hmm. retalking, and all of that that comes with that. Um, and I would supplement that to the point you mentioned, right? Having someone like Nayeli, having someone like yeah. a coach to help you in this process now begins to help mold how to make the argument uh, that you need to make to the VA, right? So I would offer to everyone watching, uh, you know, you really want to align resources to yourself. Finding a veteran coach understands. I've worked with men and both women who have been survivors of MST and claimed it, uh, but the, there's a value in having a coach like Amy um, and having other coaches here at VA Claims Insider who are themselves MST survivors because it's one thing to just say, okay, show me the way, but it's just something different when someone says, I've walked that way as well. I've right. done this, right? And yep. that for us as veterans, uh, it's one of those things where now, you know, you get this, right? And that's where... A lot of the clients that uh, we work with, you know, on Amy's side and Kenneth's side, for example, uh, come to us because of that, right? They want to be able to talk to someone that kind of understands and want to honor that um, privacy and the sensitivity of what this is. But I would point that one of the things that is crucial here now is the concept that I would say is strategy, right? I would introduce what a strategy is because when someone says, well, what's the value of talking to Amy or another coach? It's now how do we make the argument, right? In one extreme, you have instances where someone may have records and things for that. Uh, but then now let's shift over to the side where that isn't there, right? Um, I'm going to move it. I'm going to hand it off to Amy. I mean, to Nayeli to touch on this. Uh, but one of the things that's very crucial here is the concept of markers and having uh, information that, that Nayeli actually, you know, shared in the comments, as you saw, uh, markers and lay statements helped her claim. They didn't want to file PTSD because they didn't want to relive it. The VTA uh, stream my claim from anxiety, depression, PTSD to MSD flags. The worst part was to write the stressors uh, because I learned other stressors, right? So you're unpacking things. That's something we talked about yesterday, right? It's not one day all this thing comes out. Uh, but Nayeli, on your side and your experience, you know, both as a VSO and as a veteran coach here uh, at VA Claim Insider and helping Amy, you know, personally in that journey, what do you say to some of the questions, right? Some have said, I've been denied. There's no records, right? There's nothing that I can point to. Or, you know, I, you know I, I'm, not, I'm afraid to even start the claim because who's going to believe me, right? It was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We have veterans from the 70s with traumas that they've never talked about. Mm -hmm. Nayeli, is it even worth it? What's, what's your take on this? So I want to start off by addressing one of the questions um, regarding is MST always PTSD? And it's not. So sometimes veterans um, get hung up on the formal diagnosis and forget why they're doing it. So it is MST is your experience, your traumatic experience. Um, let VA decide what the formal diagnosis is. Um, sometimes veterans come back and say, my rating came back as major depressive disorder. 
I'm not okay with it because they're not acknowledging my MST experience. And that's fine as long as your mental condition is being addressed. That's the most important part. MST is just the experience, the traumatic experience that led to a disabling condition such as PTSD, such as major depressive disorder, such as anxiety disorder. And then that already encompasses what happened to you due to that traumatic experience. Um, with no records, it becomes a little bit more difficult for, you know, MST victims to have the courage to come forward. And they think that it's a lost battle. With MST cases, the VA acknowledges that not everybody's going to report. There's not always going to be a police report. There's not always going to be a rape kit results available. So VA allows veterans to present markers and they'll also evaluate your records for markers. They'll start um, with the review of your service treatment records to see if they can find anything that could lead to um, possibly a, you know, could be a result of an MST case. They'll also look at your personnel records to see if within the personnel records they can find what they consider markers, any change in behavior, any disciplinary issues, um, any Article 15s, the veteran went AWOL, the veteran requested to change commands. Sometimes those things don't happen, period. The veteran just kind of keeps everything inside. They keep moving. They don't, they don't change the behavior. They don't change their patterns and everything remains the same. Uh, VA also allows you to support lay statements. Did you ever tell a friend? Did you ever tell a parent? Did you ever go to the chaplain? Did you start all of a sudden going to sick call for any and everything, whether it was related to your uh, personal assault? Did you ever write a letter home? Did you write a journal? Did you keep a, a diary of what you were going through? So they allow you to provide any credible evidence. If there was an eyewitness to your bruising, to anything that happened to you physically can also help. The most important thing that I'd say when you're, when you're writing statements and when you're having your buddies write statements is think about it. Put your intent to file in and it gives you a year to gather your information. And you want to do it as accurate as possible the first time. It's not that you're lying about your symptoms. It's not that you're leaving anything out. But part of the symptoms of a mental health condition is memory loss. And so you want to piece your story together right from the get-go. You don't want to leave any loopholes in there for VA to come back and use that against you. So I had a veteran who um, was raped while her husband was deployed. And her story started getting mixed up with her dates. And VA used that against her. Um, they, she said the incident happened in July. They pulled deployment records and said your husband was not deployed during July. So what's the story there? And they kind of discredit your story because they're looking for those pieces that are missing. So take your time, write your story, rewrite it, reread it. If there's anybody that you trust, is there anybody that lived this experience with you, a friend? Maybe you didn't tell the friend. Maybe you didn't tell the boyfriend, the girlfriend what happened, but they saw behavior changes in you. They saw a different pattern uh, in you that wasn't the norm. Have them write letters, talk to them, 
let them give you their feedback. Do you remember this time back in, you know, when we were stationed in 2000? Can you tell me a little bit about myself? What did you see in me? Did, were there any changes in me from a parent, from a sibling, so that your story is as solid as possible so there's no room for VA to come back and question you? Um, because they'll do their due diligence to find loopholes in there and say, well, nope, like that veteran, your husband was in deployment in July, so this couldn't have happened to you. And this veteran's been struggling to get its service connected because of that one mistake that she did in her time frame. Wow. So, so one of the questions that's come up, I, I think the, a good thing to, uh, to touch on a little bit here is the concept of markers. Um, right, to be clear, in the absence of having something documented or reported, markers begin to tell the story, right? Yesterday we introduced the concept of um, when you have a child, for example, right, who has been the victim of uh, sexual assault or something to that effect, and all of a sudden now you start looking at things that start happening, right? All of a sudden, you know, when so-and-so comes around or they're exposed, right, to that perpetrator, right, they get a stomach ache or something, or they'll find ways to try to basically fight to get away from it, right? Like, we're going to go out, you know, with so-and-so today or so-and-so's coming over, I don't feel well, they want to leave my room. Like, those different things start to tell a story uh, that the worries are not there, right? And when you hear stories of survivors, things that happen, parents or loved ones right never picked up on those cues right it's like now it makes sense afterward i never understood as it was happening right so in that with that in mind when we look at now a claim right those key points uh that may have been part of those markers right we introduce a concept of uh, an airman or a sailor or a soldier a marine uh, who was excelling, right? They were going up in rank, everything was well, never late, never miss a day, never sick, nothing, right? PT, you know, stud, uh, what have you, and all of a sudden now there's a decline. Now all of a sudden we're going to sick call. Now all of a sudden we're finding ways to get out of the situation that we are in, right? And at times if it comes in via request for unit changes, it comes in through you know, different things that are just completely a deviation, right? And under evaluations at times, it may be, you know, Airman, you know, Lacey, for example, was, you know, you were good to go all of a sudden over the last quarter, right? There's been a decline. You've been late 20 times. All these things are happening. You know, correct this, right? What's wrong here? Army style to be like, you know, you were, you know, you were squared away. Now you're a soup sandwich. What the hell's going on here, right? You know, unf yourself. You know what I mean? It's just like something's happening, but they don't understand what those things are. Uh, I think it's just key to be able to identify and reflect, right? What are those things that were happening around you, right? For the lay statement aspect, you may well have um, confided in someone, right? But maybe you did not, right? And every little thing helps to tell a story. Uh, I would share to you that, let's say, for example, if Amy and I went through, I'm going to make her army now because I can't try to put myself in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say for argument's sake, you know, we both went into the military service together and, you know, our career is forward. She's in one unit. I'm on this other side. And, you know, we'd link up every so often. All of a sudden, you know, I'm in this geography. She's over there. We're back in the same unit. You know, we used to always get together and play pool. That was a thing or whatever it was. We link up and all of a sudden now there's a disconnect, right? We go from talking every time to just there's something that's just off, right? What's happening? And we all attribute it to life, right? She's working. She's getting promoted. But something's off. Um, and at times are those little things that begin to tell a story of like there's a difference. Something happened in this time frame that I cannot explain, but 
things began to change, right? I noticed a difference in this person. Uh, they were more reserved. They're like, like things started happening. There's a weight loss that happened, a weight gain that happened. Like you went from being a PT stud to neglect of things. And again, it's ultimately trying to piece out those things that tell a story of what's happening. Uh, I shared a story of one of the veterans uh, that I worked with who had been denied MST uh, three or four times before he came to us. And really we had to almost paint a picture of the veteran's life of what had happened in the mid eighties and the decline from service, being removed from service, uh, moving to a place of being divorced, moving to a place of being homeless, moving to a place of drug abuse, legal infractions, and, and a, a complete decline over the years. And being able to tell that picture and tell those stories and all those ingredients uh, began to tell a story, right? Uh, we have had veterans, back to the therapy part, um, who had no records but their personal statement was so detailed and i can tell you that helping a veteran even put that together is hard to even read let alone to write to go to a place to tell those stories um you have to be ready to go to that place and and i emphasize it because if you understand that you are you know going to deal with this right you need a support system right that's where amy for example credit and yelly for supporting her in the process right of being able to know that okay i'm not going at this alone uh, because it's going to be a journey right you may well be denied you may have been denied and unlike other things this is not a case of i fell off a truck hurt myself and you know my claim got denied from my back oh well you know life continues this is personal right you are you haven't denied my claim you are denying a traumatic event that has shifted my life right from that point forward many individuals will not be the same uh it is a whole new reality and that denial doesn't is not just administrative though it is in the system it's just an administrative check 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 this didn't meet requirement next right um how do we help with that piece so I, I would say that's you know to begin to understand the concept of those markers and supporting elements in there and then one you know disclaimer in this is sometimes the va just gets it wrong you yeah. literally have instances where you have done everything right for that third try and it fell on the wrong desk and if you give up it's over and we always say it's not over till it's over we fight if you ever see the common thread in all of va claims insider is we fight because it's not over unless you stop so when you push back for the higher level or the supplemental we've seen instances where they literally say we found an error we got it wrong and we are fixing it had we never pushed back the error would have not been fixed and some arguments will have to go all the way up right some things will go to a higher level some things will go supplemental some things will have to go to the bva and go to the court because at times you just have to keep pushing and fighting and that's a key part there but nayeli on your side can you elaborate some of your points or views on markers for those i think that's a key part there uh, as some have shared so for the markers as dp was talking about any behavior changes any performance declines but also you might have not reported the incident but did you go to medical was there a physical altercation and it ended up in you know physical um, harm and you went to medical. You might have gone, you know, off base because you might have been embarrassed to to have these peers know what happened to you. You might have gone to a private clinic and got a pregnancy test, uh, gotten, you know, evaluated for any STDs. You might have consulted an abortion clinic, but you never talked about it being related to MST. 
if you can piece those things around the time of your event, that would help you tremendously in piecing your story together. Um, again, you might have never talked about it being MST related, but you had all these medical steps followed following the event that'll that that'll help you. Um, you may forget, evaluate your service treatment record, review your service treatment record, see what you went to medical for, see what you went to medical for around the time of your assault, and then write your story around that. So um, I helped a veteran who was assaulted in Thailand. He didn't talk to anybody. He was assaulted by three men. And of course, he's a male assaulted by three men. He was ashamed. So he didn't talk to anybody about it. He just said, I was out in town. I was beat up. I have a broken nose. When he wrote his MST statement, he talked about his broken nose. I was ashamed. I went to medical, said I was beat up. I had a broken nose. And that was his piecing element for his MST claim. He was awarded 100%. This veteran who had been living in shame since he left the military like in the 70s. So he went from zero to 100 because his statement, although he lacked all the medical evidence behind it, although he lacked uh, markers, um, he had that one evidence, one piece of evidence, which was the broken nose that was that was in the service treatment record. Um, look at your service treatment records to see if you can find anything around that time that could help you tell your story and piece your story together. Um, again, you may have never reported it as um, I have these bruises because it was an MST assault. You might have just gone to medical for treatment overall. Um, some of the performance issues. Uh, like DP was saying, your evaluations went down. You used to be a 4.0 seller. You were always on target with your qualifications. You were always the go-getter. You would volunteer for extra duties. You were volunteer for different assignments. And then all of a sudden, your performance went down. You might have never asked for a reassignment of, uh, of duties, but people could tell something was wrong with you. Uh, reach out to buddies that could help you. Another veteran that never reported a... Uh, assault. This veteran was assaulted by two other veterans in his barracks room and he was physically hurt. So he had a buddy who was the witness to his bruising after the fact. He was severely beaten up and he didn't want to go to medical because you're a soldier, you're strong, you're not supposed to report that you got beat up. Um, you don't want to be the weak soldier to report to say, um, so and so beat me up, I want to go to a different uh, unit. And so none of that ever happened. But his firsthand witness wrote a statement for him. Yes, I was stationed with him. Uh, he was assaulted in the barracks. We were roommates. I saw the bruising. He wasn't able to drive for X amount of days. We drove to work together. I drove him to work. So those statements help you, although you're lacking the markers, although you may be lacking the medical evidence. Um those lay statements from your buddies, from medical information that you can find completely unrelated to um, the MST or if it were or not completely unrelated, but you never reported it. That can help you piece your story, um, whether it was ever reported or not. Not everybody's going to have a police report. Not everybody's going to have an Article 15 because they held it together and pushed forward. And I'm going to do my four years and get out of here. Some of these veterans may not have all of that. Um, if there's a consistent pattern of going to medical for any and everything, that that's that could have been your coping mechanism. But when you're putting your story together, that's what you explained. I was dealing with assault. I was dealing with the disabling symptoms happening after that. So my coping mechanism was going to medical for any and everything. It was my safety net. 
So you just have to be able to to piece your story together and to be able to talk about it, be comfortable talking about it. And again, this may take time for you to be comfortable talking about the full picture. But when you're ready to move forward with your claim, it's super important that you take your time, you put it together as best as possible so that you have to, you know, hopefully, you know, I know we said the VA is a beast of its own nature, but um, sometimes it, they do get it wrong. Sometimes they do get it wrong, but if we can avoid going through this over and over again, um, the better it is for the veterans overall mental health condition. Um, so put it together as best as possible the first go around, do your intent to file, and then take your time to review your service treatment record, to review your medical record. You may find things in your service treatment record uh, and in your uh, personnel record that you might have forgotten about. You know, you, you thought you were doing okay but then you see a change in your evaluation. It might have not been dramatic changes in your evaluations and performance, but you could still pinpoint those things. You know, I was trying to cope as best as I could. I didn't completely derail. But in these evaluations, you can see that before the incident, I was a 4.0 sailor. And after the incident, I might have been a 3.0 sailor. I'm still doing okay, but there's a change in my evaluations. And my changes are due to that, you know, MST. And explain your story. Sometimes you don't change. Sometimes your behavior doesn't change because you don't want people to notice. You don't want people to question you. You don't want people to start piecing that something might have happened to you. And then you start getting the questions. So sometimes even then you become the strong person. You don't change behavior and you change your behavior when you're by yourself, when you're comfortable with other people. So it's super important to evaluate your records and know, know what's in them know how to talk about it and take your time, take your time putting this together. Um, again, you want to do it right the first time. Um, VA will grab onto, onto anything that they can, unfortunately, to make this a grueling process for you. Um, <clears throat> so if you can take the time to do it, oh, excuse me, if you can take the time to do it, um, to piece your story as best as possible without letting them question anything, you know, the better the outcome. Again, that veteran with the July timeframe discrepancy, she's been having the hardest time trying to connect that. And it's just that one mistake she made. She didn't have her month correct. She had her year correct. She had everything correct. That one month keeps throwing her into spins. She has medical documentation that she's diagnosed with it, with PTSD related to an MST experience. She has years of counseling. She has everything except that one. And, you know, like DP said, in some of these instances, you do have to go to the board. You have to go beyond before that judge and explain, look, because of this event, I shut down. I don't remember certain things. Uh, I blocked it out because I'm trying to become a survivor. I'm trying to stop putting myself in that victim role. So some things I've blocked out and I just truly can't remember. And the judge, I've said in a couple of VBA uh, rulings the or hearings, the judge is not there to discredit you. The judge is really there to hear you out. That's your opportunity to tell the judge your story. And the judge has the ability to side with you because the record, the official black and white record may not paint your full picture. You might have not reported. There might have been no medical. You didn't want to show signs of weakness. 
uh, by changing your behavior. You might have been approached or questioned about your behavior. So you continue your life as normal as possible. Um, and then you can talk to the judge about that. So unfortunately, some of them do have to go to the judge. But the benefit of the judge in getting that far is the judge can sympathize with you. You can tell your story to the judge better than a record can paint it. So one thing that a few questions came in uh, that answers uh, your question, Mike, regarding the markers. Yes, they can. Many things can take the place of marker. It's coming to a place of understanding. Therapy is very powerful here because you will also begin to understand something. But this is what I'm going to call here now. <laughs> As the Heli was talking, I thought about Amy. I'm going to call this uh, a veteran master coach nugget, right? This is me now giving you something that most folks won't really give you. We talked about markers in the way most people think about. But here, I would offer to you this twist. We think about markers in a negative light. The marker also is, like we talked about yesterday, you were 180 pounds. Now you're 250, muscular. 10 years military. The last two, complete drastic change. Now you are in Krav Maga classes every day of the week. That's a marker. Why did you get into martial arts all of a sudden? Why did you put on that weight on all of a sudden? Now you have two dogs? Why did you buy two dogs? You never owned an animal. Think about it, right? We think of the negatives as a marker, but I would offer to you the defense mechanism to Nielly's point. You're not showing weakness, but I will tell you that everyone has a tell, right? Everyone has something they're doing. There is a marker, no matter what you think. You just don't know it, right? Like all of a sudden now, Amy's in the gym five days a week. You couldn't get Amy in the gym in the service. She ran to the push-ups to the pull-ups, and now all of a sudden she's bodybuilding. Come on now. All of a sudden now, allergic Bob has two dogs. Seriously? All of a sudden now, you're in two kickboxing classes, two grappling classes, and now you're just an MMA aficionado. Where did that come from, non-violent gym? You see what I'm saying? Those things happen every single day. When you understand that what you're doing is try to build defense mechanisms to protect you so that it never happens again, how many guns did you buy? You were not big into guns, right? The military said, here's an M16, and you rocked it with that, and you did a thing, and you were not a nonviolent person, and you did your service, but you never owned really guns. Now you have a whole arsenal John Wick status in your house. You got a shotgun above the bed board. You have guns under the table. Where did that come from? You are defending yourself. You are building psychological ways of doing a thing. That, my brothers and sisters, are markers. We always look at the negative things, right? I went to sick call, complain, I did this and that. That is true. However, there are other things that can tell a story. So I would offer to you, if you never considered what are those things that are good, but really what motivated those things, that can be articulated uh, as a marker as well, because you now went from a place where, again, yeah, you know, we did mixed martial arts and we did a thing for combatives, but I was never interested in it. And year seven military, that's that next week, all of a sudden now you didn't go from one class a week. You went from never attending a class to five days a week, and now you're doing doubles. That is an extreme jump for anything. Most folks right. will transition into something. All of a sudden now you're just full bore. That right there tells a story. So I would offer that to you. Uh, as another and as another marker that also 
uh, is an example to begin to re reflect internally as it relates to putting your story together. But the common theme here is you've got to be vulnerable to accept these things. And though, like Amy said, you may feel like a victim, you are not going in reverse. This is the next chapter in being a survivor. But I will highlight one thing that we said yesterday in closing, and I'll say it again. This will not fix anything, right? There is no fix for what happened. There is a vindication and validation of what happened, but that does not fix a thing, right? To sit there and think that this will erase a thing, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Because what happened happened, but now we begin the process of healing and surviving and basically making a point of being rated for it so that others behind, right, have the ability to come forward and do a thing and speak up. And these stats can be put together and services can be put together. And the stories that we hear about inadequate therapies at VAs, crass cognitive behavior exposure therapies that are too extreme for someone who just finally uttered the words, this happened to me. You are not ready for exposure therapy. You're not ready for some extreme versions that only are offered at your local VA or vet center, what have you. The only way we change that is by being able to have the stats and have these stories come out to be able to demand and say there are different modalities available and we need that. We might get to that tomorrow, but today I just need someone to listen to me, right? And that is your right as a veteran as, and as a human being. So I focus that to say that this journey is continuous, but you may feel like you're regressing, but you're not. It's just the next basically assault, right? It's a bounding movement, right? In the army, it's like, you know, he sees me, I move, I'm moving, he sees me, I'm down, right? Buddy set, buddy moving, right? If you're moving, I'm down. In this instance, it's the same thing. You're right, I'm a victim, I'm up, I move forward, I'm a survivor. I keep doing that. I'm back up, now I'm moving towards the rating. You know what I mean? And we're moving in segments forward uh, to put in the military sense. Some questions that came up, if you guys have questions, please start putting them below so we can start answering some of them. If you want to reach out to the team, work with Amy, uh, or have some conversation with Nayali and be able to get some um, support, uh, Team Champions, we're always here to help as well. Join VACI.com below. You will see uh, the link to find us, links as well to the blogs that we are sharing. Um, in yes. Yeah. I want to add something to what you and Nayali were saying. When my situation happened, um, I was I was kind of new to, I had just got stationed there. Um, I was back home with my family. My son was too. Um, the situation that happened, though I was taken to the emergency room and there's documentation, um, the nurse that helped me, we did a, um, they, they have like a, restricted and non-restricted so i did do the um restricted and um the person that was basically what helped what helped me is i was new and he had come to my office to fix something and i didn't answer when he knocked on the door um his name is john he's like my lifesaver through this whole thing but he he worked as a civilian and um he walked in on me crying on the floor so i told my story 
And I told my story to him and I told my story to somebody else. From that point forward, he was um, almost my shadow to always make sure that I was okay. So he was somebody that I kind of latched onto because I wasn't going to report it. I wasn't going to report it. You know, um, he was very supportive, which was what I needed. I wasn't going to report it because my parents lived there and I knew what would happen if my dad found out to that, you know, that probably would not have been good. Um, I didn't want the stigma attached to me. I was, you know, I had my son um, and and I grew up in Montana, so I knew so many people on that base. My dad was active duty. I knew so many people. I didn't want to go through it. And I feel like I went in the opposite direction. I consumed myself with work and being a parent to the point that I was a high achiever. You know, I, I was awarded many awards. I got NCO of the year. I was constantly being put in for awards. I was a PT leader. I was... I was a very successful, very, very successful. Um, and, and it, and that was my coping mechanism, if you will, is I pushed it away, but I had that person that, you know, when the times were dark, I could, I could talk to. And I did have some friends that were like, something isn't right with you because when everything was quiet, I wasn't the same person. Right. But then when I got out of the military, I had to deal with it. And I had to really face it. I didn't have those distractions that I had. And, you know, with working with Nayali, I would say, you know, as my coach, I was encouraging on so many different levels in that push. But what I would also say is that I'm a firm believer when you're going through this stuff, therapy is everything to me. My therapist is everything to me. I see her once a week and she keeps me grounded, but she would keep me reminded like, no, you're not the victim anymore. You're still a survivor. And she would motivate me. And after I had to do my, um, my, um, CMPs, I, I pre-scheduled my appointment to talk to her after, cause I knew I was going to struggle a little bit. And, and so I think that this is something that is very difficult to go at alone. So I would highly recommend reach out to that buddy that maybe you talked to about it or definitely seek that counseling or that therapy or somebody that you can talk to that can remind you, that can remind you, hey, no, you're a survivor. You're here. You're doing this thing. You're doing what you, you're not. You're not in that same place anymore. And keep reminding you, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I need it, you know, for what I went through and what I struggle with still sometimes. Um, you know, you and Naily know me well. And I do, I do have my moments of struggling of you know, self-worth still. So it's still a work in progress, but I'm definitely um, on the road to continuously being a survivor of it and sharing my story so that I can, you know, hopefully help other people and, and be able to relate to how other people feel because it's not always a good feeling. Um, so I would definitely recommend, um, you know, having that, that person, having your person, whether it's a you know, ironically, I gained a friendship out of, you know, Nayali being my coach. So it was, it was very beneficial for me, but so was my therapist. Um, I got, I so, got, I got one for folks out there listening right now. If you want someone to talk to, I know a good person. Her name is Amy. <laughs> Join VACI.com. Yes. The, the, she, she won't, she won't say it, but basically <laughs> this is the paying it forward piece, right? Yes. The, what she said that Nayali did for her, she does on a day-to-day -day basis for others. Um, and that's the value here, right? It's paying that forward. Um, someone commented and said, uh, I had no evidence when I filed, but I got my decision letter from the VA. And they basically said 
that they went off the markers uh, that were presented and they were rated 70 percent. Um, nice. Let me see a few things out of privacy. I'll just kind of read and keep it anonymous. Um, but I would say someone said, uh, don't fear someone had, you know, fears of speaking up and sharing something for stigma, reprisal and what may be seen again, where, you know, guilt, shame, you know, lifelong, you know, and my life being opened up and my family finding out the details. I don't want any of them to know what happened. Right. Uh, the biggest fear is why I keep procrastinating when moving forward. It's crippling. Um, but I, I would say to anyone that, you know, feels this way, you see what this journey and being able to do this will do, right? Uh, that's that's the road of being a survivor. You don't have to go it alone, right? There's power in moving forward because staying still, you're not living, right? You might be still breathing, but you're not living. Um, some questions that came up, uh, we answered a little bit already as far as the markers, that MS, uh, insomnia or neglect of certain things can show that, you, you know, the hygiene and the dental health. Again, you never had an issue. All of a sudden now you have all these problems that were never there before. Uh, you know, those are things that can be considered there as well. Uh, some of our coaches did uh, share some points. Sean answered some questions as well as did Lisa. Um, let's see if you have questions again, uh, most of them are being answered in real time. Um, they, I'm just kind of making th points to go there. Some folks were denied. Now they're going through high level reviews, uh, being able to understand what was missed and so they can articulate that as well as maybe supplemental. Um, okay. That's it. That's there. Uh, segue Scott, thank you for your service. Uh, a few more, four more folks kind of tuned in. Um, there are medications for, uh, depression and anxiety potential markers. Natalie, what is your thought on that as far as meds? Uh, that folks may be taking, you know, when it comes to that? So as far as therapy, it could help. Sometimes you don't tell your therapist why you're there. You're just explaining the symptoms that let you there. Um, but if you can paint your picture for it, again, painting your picture is going to be the most important part for it. Why do you need that medication? Why did that depression come about? Um, what led for you to see counseling? Um, sometimes counseling is your first road step to to filing that PTSD claim for MST. Um, you you go through therapy and you learn how to deal with your symptoms. You don't you learn how to deal with the traumatic event and cope with it to where you're finally okay to move forward with the claim and put it out there for a VA rater to see and give you a decision on on their opinion of what happened to you. Uh, and what's available record. So if that was your first step to to coping with the MST, explain that in your statement. And it could be uh, a positive for you to to get that service connected. And, and that's the biggest thing is you have to basically call out what it is because only you can say, this is what actually I was trying to get to, right? The example of the veteran who was assaulted, right? On record, but in reality was, you know, sexually assaulted versus mm -hmm. being beat up. Uh, that's the thing that must be explained. A question came yep. in. I cannot seem to remember if it happened in June or July, but my markers of going to sick call to get tested for STDs, et cetera, uh, happened in this time span uh, towards the end of July and the beginning of August. I'm thinking it happened in July, but I can't remember uh, if that is sure. Again, those days may be fluid, but the point you're speaking about is what happened, right? So like in that case there, don't tie yourself to a thing. If you truly don't remember, you just you know have that range there. Because again, in this summertime period, I can't remember if it's July or June, I've blocked this thing off for 10, 20 years, whatever, but this is what was happening, right? Um, elaborating on that, I think it's a key, so that hopefully answers that question. Um, Danielle said, John Wick status, love it. Agreed. Naily? 
And tying it into your statement, I went to go get the STD testing because this incident happened. Based on my service treatment records, I got the testing in July, and due to my coping mechanism, I blocked the event out, but it happened a couple of weeks before July. It happened a month before, and don't set yourself hard on a date and let them use that against you. If you hard, if you have hard evidence of the testing, base your story around that because that is the hard records that you have. Um, let's see. Um, there's one question here I'm pulling out here. Um, yep. Uh, I need you, Amy. I was denied because I was overachiever. It's in my LG chart now. Um, joinbaci.com. You'll Absolutely. see Amy there. Uh, you know, definitely reach out and get in contact with us. Um, let me see here. Uh, Stephen shared, you guys help me more with the spirit to fight than any group I've watched. This is priceless. Thank you, Stephen. Um, and, and that really means a lot, again, because it's, you know, these are not the easy concepts and subjects to speak on, but this is the stuff that is needed to save a life, right? So, because we, again, I said earlier, if you're not moving forward, you're not really living. And I would argue that if it's PTSD, if it's MST, those emotional and psychological traumas for many individuals, you're pretty much dead. You're stuck in the event and you are not living. Right. So you're not you might not be in a grave somewhere, but you're not doing anything. You're just stuck uh, and being able to share these things and give someone hope and guidance and, you know, support as veterans helping veterans, which is what we are. That's what it is about. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm looking for one comment here. Um, see, this is to the point here. So my psyche valve put in the report that MDD as my diagnosis. I'm waiting for the CMP next week for the video. Any suggestions? So, Scott, uh, again, to 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 Nigeli's point as far as that's concerned, MDD, the VMATRON, be like, no, this is actually PTSD. The diagnosis itself can change at times, and we have seen that. What I would say, come CMP um, video time next week, one thing that I would offer to anyone who has a CMP coming up, and again, we'll probably do a CMP live and touch on some of that. Uh, when it comes to a video one especially, I always make the example of saying you want to be vulnerable and communicate your truth, but given the fact that we are on video, you almost have to go a little bit further in being what I call animated. And what I mean by animated, I don't mean being extra. What I mean is it's that person that you ask them a question and they go into all those details, right? You say, hey, where's the stale at? Well, you know what? Let me tell you real quick what it at. I went to Walmart, parked in the back, got a flat tire, had to get that repaired. Tell me about the sale, Bob. Okay, okay. So I got into Walmart. Where's the sale at? In the back by the TV section. Thank you. That's what I wanted. But all the details to get there are there. I share that to say that those are the things you almost have to be able to do on the CMP prep. Right now, you don't see, for example, that I may have been sitting here for the past hour twirling this thing with my hand, right? Because it's at a camera site. You don't see my knee, you know, going up and down. You don't see those little fidgety things. So what's happening here is, right, and I'm making the example, but right, if I'm feeling nervous that I'm here talking to all of you folks right now and this is nerve wracking, well, I'm going to say I feel nervous right now. This is, you know, kind of tough for me to talk about. Palms are sweaty. Like, articulate the things that in person someone would pick up because of the fact that you're on video, right? And it's a genuine thing, right? Just be yourself and speak your truth, but tell those things that may not come across, right, um, on there. So you're not putting on, you're explaining what is happening, right? If, someone, if, if you're asked a question that's hard to answer, say, that's hard for me to answer. 
you know, hold on, like, you know what I mean? Like, really be honest about it. Don't try to just push through like everything is fine because we're always trying to be cool, calm, and collective, right? That's what we try to be, right? I want to be calm and deliver a thing. Well, then, hey, man, he seems fine. He's good to go. No, I'm holding stuff back. CMP time, you'll never see that person ever again. You have to put it all out there, period. Um, that's what I would say to the question uh, that was asked about the uh, CMP uh, quick tip on your side, aiming for the CMP. Uh, and we're wrapping up here, so I'll go five minute warning. Uh, I'm just kind of going through some questions. Any tips on that from your side, Amy? Sure. I, I would say, you know, be vulnerable, tell your truth. Um, remember that chances are they've heard all of this and probably much worse. Um, you're not going to see this person again. Uh, remember that this is your claim, this is your time to tell your story and let it be heard and um, whatever that looks like for you if that means crying cussing raising your voice without being disrespectful let them feel what you're feeling and let them understand that this is a struggle this is real for you you know um make them feel uncomfortable i know that when i did my cmp i feel pretty confident that my first one that i did i i feel pretty confident she felt uncomfortable um I was a little defensive to start with, but, um, you know, I think just being, you know, being you, telling your truth, letting it out, even if it's something that maybe this is the first time that you're ever going to say it out loud. That's okay. You know, but remember that this hour that you have is going to help determine the rating that you get. So maybe you weren't able to articulate it so much before or articulate it to your counselor or articulate it to your coach, but now is the time to articulate it and to just be honest and be vulnerable and, and tell your truth. I will say too with the MDD that what, what a good tip that Nayali told me um, when, when I had a client that was upset about the PTSD versus MDD, which this ended up happening to me as well, is don't get so caught up if it doesn't say PTSD, MST. So she explained to me that sometimes they may do a diagnosis of MDD because your PTSD, MST wasn't treated. So don't get so caught up in it not saying somebody just messaged me that and said that they were irritated that they didn't put MST in their um, their rating or in their diagnosis. And um, I would really stress, like, don't don't get caught up on that, especially going into your CMP. Don't even worry about that. Don't worry about what our our psychologist, you know, gave you that diagnosis for. Just tell your story. Know what's on your IMO or your DBQ, whatever it is. But don't worry if they didn't put MST. It doesn't mean that they don't. It's not going to be an MST. So go in there confident. Go in there. Um, knowing that this and I always tell my clients too. one last thing is be nice to yourself when it comes time for um, the CMP. Maybe it's calling a friend or um, a coworker or a family member. In my case, it was my counselor and it was, you know, some a couple of my teammates, but um, and and saying, you know, hey, I have this CMP coming up. I'm going to need to decompress. Maybe it's, even if it's not talking about how it went, just to bring you back down. Maybe try to take that day off. Um, try to just be kind to yourself. It's not an easy thing to talk about. Be prepared, you know, um, get a good night's sleep if you can. Um, and then, you know, take some time for yourself to really kind of sit back and say, okay, it's over. You know, I, I it's a huge accomplishment. 
and um, it's the most important day in your claim. So make sure that you make it your most important day in your claim. Your tip Thank for that, Nayeli? Oops, sorry. Thanks for the opportunity, DP. Oh, sure. Um, uh, Nayeli, what would be your anything else for that question to add? Um, don't sell yourself short. I know it's hard to talk about it. It's hard to be vulnerable, but don't sell yourself short. Uh, sometimes you go in here trying to be strong, trying not to break down. It's okay. They're the professional there. Don't sell yourself short. One uh, statement that came through was, I truly fear letting it out. Um, not because of them, but because of me. I have never felt like a victim. I always felt cheated lied to and purposely misled and that's that's impactful because that that's 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 where i'd say that the power of therapy and support comes into play right because it's basically resetting that narrative to begin to remove that stigma right it's not supposed to happen to me this is the things that i'm dealing with and 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 truly uh, sadly, right, just like, you know, many of our Vietnam era veterans, we have veterans that have been dealing with things for so, so many years, and they're just conditioned to believe a truth that they can't, they cannot accept, and it's an inner turmoil. And I would say that in this instance, getting therapy to understand your truth, because th to be able to truly get a fair shake, you have to understand exactly what you're going to articulate. And then having that uh, strategy and that support from a team, uh, from fellow veterans to walk this journey that, you know, like, you know, I always told my clients, you know, when I was coaching, uh, prepare to get knocked the heck out. You're going to get denied. And then be like, well, DP, what do you mean? I'm like, get ready to get denied. Because I need you to walk into this knowing that if the worst case comes, the fight's not over, right? It's almost like a boxer. We're going to go for 12 rounds. Sometimes we just want that quick knockout in round one get ready for 12 rounds if we knock it out in round one good if we go to round two let's go if we go to round three let's go this is what we are preparing for this is what we're training for this is what you'll be going to therapy for this is why you have a veteran coach for this is why you came to VA claims insider for you can go the distance but you're not alone we are in your corner right yeah you'll get knocked down you got the 10 count get back up right you might need a little break between rounds to have to reset a little bit and reset on strategy. Okay, you know what? Keep your hands up, but get back in there. Stop falling for the left. Shift, pivot, right? To get an analogy of what has to happen, that's strategy, right? Because when you're in the fight, you're not thinking straight. And you need someone to be able to speak truth into you and say, Amy, for example, was denied. And she's, as a coach, is just like, crap, I got denied, screw this stuff. And I was like, that's cute. I get it. It sucks and you feel bad right now. But you're going to go ahead and put that memo and you're going to complain and we'll punch him back. Right. And that is the reality of what happens. Right. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But remember, we train for this. This is the part where you take a deep breath, you get back up and you punch back because it's over when you say it's over. You're still breathing. We still push. Facts don't cost nothing. And pushing back don't cost nothing. We fight. Um, that's what I would say to that piece and that question that was uh, shared there again. If you want to reach out to us and get in contact with any of our coaches uh, on Team Champions, uh, it's joinvaci.com. Uh, VA Claims as a whole is vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Uh, if you're currently working with one of our coaches and other teams, uh, 
this is like Baskin Robbins. Pick a flavor. They're all amazing. At the end of the day, we are here to support and help. And that's why we do these uh, in collaboration. So I would say that's a key point that I wanted to definitely stress there. There are some questions that were in the comment. We'll be answering those after the live to reach out to us as well. Uh, but in closing, uh, I, I want to uh, send it over to Naila real quick to give us your closing thoughts and tip uh, for those that may be out there. Again, you know, we talked about therapy and find this claim. You're going to have to put things on paper, the forms, the process. That's a coaching thing. That's, you know, that's not the difficult part. It's getting there here. The administrative stuff, it's just documentation. Writing something is not hard. It's getting your place to a place to be able to tell that story and write those things. That's what the process is. Um, those things we may not have to flesh out here, right? A 781, you know, a 4138, supporting statements, sworn statements. That's 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 easy stuff. It's if you get this right, all the other stuff is needless, right? So my boxing analogy, right? The conditioning, getting mine right, ready, putting the gloves on, the shorts on, and going out there to the ring. That's the easy part, right? That's the part that we do towards the end. It's getting ready to get in the ring that we are talking about today. So we hope this was of value to you, uh, Nielly, as a VSO, as a veteran coach, as a training support manager for the best team around, Team Champions. Um, what would be your closing thought uh, that you would share for those out there that may be on the fence of like, is it even worth it or how to even begin or what have you? It's definitely worth it. And I think you covered on my touching point. Um, a VSO, a coach can help you gather your, your records and your evidence, prepare yourself and don't give up mentally prepare yourself to push forward and don't give up amy 10 second tip <laughs> i think i talked too much um nope. just hang in there keep fighting keep fighting the fight um we're we're in it with you until the end um i love an analogy that sean uses um you know we we don't stop until we get to 100 percent. as long as you're in there with us and you're ready to fight the fight, then we'll be with you. And on my side, I shared it before and I'll say it again. Really consider and look at this. Watch this again. Pick apart some of the points we've shared with you. Your markers, especially in this conversation, are not only the negative things that we talk about. All those things that you've done to protect yourself, to be strong, those things can be used. Ask a question, reach out to someone, you have nothing to lose with having a conversation and reaching out for help. That is a sign of strength and the sign of beginning the process of becoming a survivor. So for part one, we discussed going from being a victim to a survivor. It's a never-ending process. It is a continuous process. You are living, you're thriving. Now going from a survivor to being rated for this condition as a veteran, uh, it is a new fight, a new process, right? In part one, you need a therapist. In part two, you need a therapist and a coach, ideally, to be able to be with you and help you through that process. And the coaching aspect, I would say, really, it's about meeting you where you're at. Some will need more than others. Depending on what you need, it's what basically you will get out of that relationship with either your coach and as well your therapist. So there's no time like the present. There's no day like today. If you're hearing our voice, if you're seeing us, wherever you may be now, in your car, in your home, on your phone, 2 a.m., wherever it is at, head on over to joinvaci.com. Go to yes. vaclaimsinsire.com. First yourself. Read our blogs. Look at the information that we're sharing. Um, regardless of what you choose to do, share it with someone who needs it. 
uh, we again we will have the infographics here available this is available to you we want you to have this information and pass it forward because someone needs this information and give it the sensitivity of what it is we hope that you're listening get your butt to the doctor go get help go see a therapist to quote uh, Brian Reese we are veterans helping veterans and we appreciate and honor the time being with us given what's happening in the world right now in this environment of being secluded and separated check on your strong friends reach out to someone see how they're doing ask a question and take a pause don't just say how are you ask them and wait for the answer look at them in the eye do some facetiming jump on a zoom look at their faces check on your strong friends because right now people are hurting right and we're here right so we appreciate you all being with us today from team champions the rest of y'all will be back soon with another episode series on many more things to come thank you thank you and be safe